Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. We've got Sue Corey and myself here today. Uh, we've got a fun one. I know. Yeah. These are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. It's got questions, everyone. We've got the listener questions. So these are all the questions that you guys want to know from us. And we kind of compile them all. If they're not big enough to do a whole episode on, we compile them all so that we can answer them all in one podcast. So this is what your inquiring minds want to know today. Also with these questions, a lot of people will like say something super nice to us in the beginning. And a lot of the time I just like kind of take that part out because it's, it feels like special to us. It's like, Hey, we're going to keep that for ourselves. Just give the question, the episode. So I, but I just wanted to thank everyone. Cause I was like reading him yesterday as I was going through and was like, everyone is so nice. Yeah. What we're doing is working. Yeah. For real. People like us. Gosh, darn it. We don't suck. (laughs) We'll keep doing it. We're doing it for the people. So if you guys are liking it, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. That's great. Um, But first you guys tell me what you guys are doing lately to like achieve a balance in life. I know, I know everybody at this table is super busy and you still come in and you feel energized and bright and like you're like you're loving life and that you've somehow achieved a balance. So, I want to know besides work, what are you doing? Or like, what's filling you up? I will say the things that fill me up, like, first of all, I try and be present when I'm at work. I try and be present here when I'm at home. I try and be present with my kids. That's really good advice. It's really good advice. And I think I, I'm a better, I'm better here Mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm better there. Mm -hmm. And you know, like they really do kind of teeter off of each other. Um, another thing that I try and do just recently, I feel like we've been traveling a lot mm-hmm. for like some really great jobs. We have a job in Rolling Hills and like Southern California where like I'm originally from. And so I was there like two weeks ago. And then last week we were in Boston for another really incredible job, like right off Beacon Hill. And so like these like dream jobs and like, we are just like running at like a sprinter's pace and just trying to like meet all the the building team and, and figure out problems. I'm sketching my brains out, right? Are they building? Yeah. Oh, wait, they're built like they... New build. Well, One is a new build. Actually, they're both the, remodels. The Beacon oh, Hill okay. is a remodel. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, they're both remodels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but like just incredible estates and awesome people. Like, it, I, I feel so lucky. But I'm in these amazing places too. And like there's... I have to get back home to my family and take care of these kids. But I'm like, what can I do? Sometimes it's just like as much as like... I'm like, if I can get like chips and salsa somewhere. I'm like, I feel like I went on a vacation mm. like without being interrupted. But a couple of things that I did um, in California because like it's right off, it's in Palos Verdes, which is South of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, me and the other designer, we took the one and we just like drove down PCH and I got off on Manhattan beach and walked down the pier and it was brief, but it like filled my cup. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, even though like I'm working, like if you can find, like when I can find time, to just like do those like little things Mm -hmm. to just like stop, breathe, look around me and realize how great this is Mm -hmm. and how beautiful the world is. That was, that was awesome. And then when we were in Boston, um, I, people have told me about the Isabella Gardner museum in downtown Boston. And I'm like, I did not know when I was going to get to it. Cause we were just again, going, going, going. And I was by myself. I didn't have my kids. We ended at three 30 and the museum closed at five. So I, Ubered the hell out of that place. <laughs> and I went over there and I had an hour in the museum. And if anyone's ever been there, they realize how, like, how can you do that museum in an hour? And I tell you what, like, that is what my soul needed. 
It was Mm. so beautiful as an art collector, like to see what she did, just like when she did it, like, and kind of the, the trail that she blazed, like kind of early feminist for sure. Mm -hmm. And just like being just a powerhouse and just like create, I think it's also because she created space and kind of recreated this Venice palazzo in the middle of Boston Mm -hmm. and filled it and like really made beautiful spaces. And the way she paired art with it was just like remarkable. I polled you like really briefly. I'm like Mm -hmm. Jessica Bennett. Like so it was so beautiful in the courtyard mm-hmm. and the whole, Such like I was listening to the podcast that another designer sent me on the heist in 1990 where 13 pieces were stolen. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like completely enveloped for like a, a few hours of my life. Mm-hmm. were just like dedicated to this thing that had nothing to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. It was really, it filled my cup. What's the podcast in case our listeners want to hear it? Scene. It's called last scene. There's also an, a Netflix documentary on the heist of the Isabella Gardner oh, Museum yeah. in Boston. It was like 1990, 13 pieces were so sad. were taken like on Nolan's birthday, actually. On, well, mm. anyway, yep. The day after um, St. Patrick's Day, mm. you know, when just the, the city is a riot, mm. you know, it's yeah. the New Year's and they just did a little heist. So anyway, but overall, like as far as achieving balance, mm-hmm. like amid work, just trying and like slice out in your trajected path, Figure out what is the detour that you can take that'll like fill you up Bring you before joy. you get to the, your next destination. Yeah. Like yeah. I cross stitch that. For me, something. I feel like, um, especially during summer or beautiful, like fall weather that we're having, if I will, um, if I'm not on the freeway, I will always open my sunroof mm. and drive around with it open because just something about the wind in my hair and the sun on me feels so great and it instantly gives me this feeling of like carefree yeah you know it's a little tiny thing that I can do but I'm always like I have to have a car with a sunroof yeah it just makes me feel like I'm alive instead of such a caged animal you know as a creative person I feel like we need to be able to wander and how important that is and that gives me that feeling of wander like get a big drink play my music too loud have my sunroof open I feel like I'm young and yeah Chips and salsa. It's great. (laughs) Chips and salsa for those of you. What do you do, Corey? One thing I realized about myself is Mm -hmm. I, as much as I love working, I honestly do. Um, You're going to say like, as much as I love working, I I honestly honestly hate it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I like having something to look forward to. So like either like a small trip or. That's the Leo in us. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Leo's need something to look forward to anticipate and almost doing the thing isn't as much fun as the anticipation of it. Like they'll, so true. they'll be in the thing and they'll be trying to think of the next thing they want to anticipate without being fully present yeah. in the thing that they're doing. I read that about us. Corey and I are both that. Leos. And uh-huh. so I was like, I need something on my calendar. I got to anticipate something because it just like brings me so much joy. Yeah. So, yeah. so fun. That's just been, yeah. and I've been trying to just do like little small things. I'm mm-hmm. yeah. I, and two, not this weekend, next weekend, I'm meeting my dad in Phoenix and we're going to a football game. Oh, That'll be fun. Dallas? Amazing. Cowboys coming? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Playing the cool. um, Arizona Cardinals. So that'll be fun. Oh. Phoenix is only going to be 98. So it's Only great. 98. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, no. okay. In um, September. Um, yeah. yeah I, I just like okay. having like little things to look forward to. Yeah. And I'm just That's like, okay, healthy. I do these things that I have to do. Then I get to do this type of yeah. thing. So it's like a little yeah. reward, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like if you're going through something hard, like, 
planning something really good to look forward to. Joyful. Yeah. 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 That you're like, I need something to look forward to. And then that helps pull you out of, pull you out of the pool if it were. Yeah. Gives you a little hope. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's really good. Awesome. Let's get into it. Okay. Okay. So Corey, you're going to ask the questions and Sue and I are going to answer them. Yes. Okay. Yep. Let's do that. That's the format. All right. Okay. This is from Grace Watchler. She says, hi, I love your podcast. I really enjoy the episodes where you answer questions from listeners. That's this episode. So you're going to love Very it. Very good, Grace. <laughs> For you. Uh, not sure if this is where we ask them, but here it goes. How do you break into interior design without an interior design degree? I have a business degree and I graduate soon, but I realized I want to go into interior design. Do I need to start my own business to break into the industry? That's a fantastic question, Grace. Jessica, take it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, <laughs> off. that's what I did. <laughs> uh, I did have this burning desire to do this. I was doing design work for um, other people and interiors, and I was starting to see this need in the marketplace here in Utah to be able to have um, a, a bigger breadth and depth of things that were missing from the marketplace and for this style that I really loved, which at the time was transitional. We just really had a lot of European um, Tuscan presence and we just didn't have very many clean lines. And I was trying to do, um, corporate work for a software company, which is contemporary. Um, and then working on homes as well, which you want to be a little bit warmer, which transitional is a really nice clean way to get that done. So I started my own business. Um, but I was doing design work for probably like, I'd say at least five years before I, before I was like, we need to do this and take the plunge. Also, my husband had worked in the furniture industry, before and um, we both really really loved it he loved a lot about how it's made and he likes to take things apart you've seen him mm-hmm. kick the tires on it undo the cushions take the zippers out you know Cut yeah. stuff open he gets We've real physical with stuff and he's really curious about how it's made and we both really believe in a quality product and it's a huge business to go into by yourself I'm so grateful that he and I both for some strange reason thought that this was a good idea <laughs> you know um, yeah. yeah but and, and it's been fascinating yeah. to us ever since like we could go to market and he could go one way and I could go the other and we'd both be fully satisfied and he's going somewhere where he can pick stuff apart and understand it and turn it over and understand if it's sinuous coil or eight-way hand tied and why and what's better and how's it sit and what's the pitch and I'm looking at the aesthetics of it you know with Suzanne and Anyway, there's, there's a lot there to digest, but, um, certainly you can grace. You could certainly start an interior design business. It definitely takes a lot of non-designer type people to make the business go and to make really good sound decisions because it is such a creative, passionate gut feeling kind of place. So, um, it's awesome if you're right-brained and left-brained, um, there's a place for everybody, honestly, in interior design, Mm -hmm. we need a lot of non-creatives surrounding us, or if you're creative, you'll, you'll appreciate the non-creatives. So I definitely think that, that that's a route. I think it wouldn't even be a bad idea to work within an interior design business just to see how it goes. Like none of us really compare notes. Uh, All the other furniture companies in town, we don't get together for an assembly where we go over each other's notes and best practices and ways to do things. I guess you could go to market and you could probably learn that way. But I think most of it's kind of school of hard knocks. And so if you have worked at at a store or two and you see how things go and what's broken about it and what you could do to provide a better service. We were just talking yesterday about a family member of yours who really disliked the, his ability to purchase hardware in, mm-hmm. in Utah. And so he's like, so I'm going to form my own and I'm going to find a better way to do it and give the service that I wish existed. And mm-hmm. that's a niche that, that the market needs. So I would say if you can, 
you know, work within the interior design industry. Um, but certainly starting your own with maybe, you know, somebody that shares your vision is, is a great idea too. Yeah, I was about to say, even becoming like a project manager yeah. at an interior design firm, if you have a business background and you're just good at just those logistics and, but you're interested in the creative part of it, then just surround yourself with it and like, just make sure that you know what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, Grace. Awesome. Exciting. Uh, the next question asks, um, it's from Aubrey Whiting. Uh, she asks, how do you design for your home when your interior style is not necessarily the same as the exterior style of your home? For example, you have a Spanish style home, but you really love English cottage style. Or you have a ranch style home, but you love modern Parisian interiors. This is a really good question. I and I think one that a lot of yeah. people kind of wrestle with knowing how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Sue? You inherited, I did a new build, so I built the style I wanted for both the interior and exterior, but you've purchased a home that I would say is 1971, like 70s ranch Uh style house, not big. Um, But there were things about it. I think for you, while you're looking at your house, like see, what do you like about it? If you're in a Spanish colonial house, do you like English cottage? Both of them, like I can see like right now, have like a sense of like authenticity, like whether you're Spanish colonial or whether you're English tutor, they both have like this authentic. And I, and I think we see plaster walls in both of those spaces. Um, you might have different like moldings, things like that, but I think you juxtapose it, you know, and you celebrate what you have and then you're adding on top of it. It's kind of like when you add for the idea about like the modern house, but you live in a traditional house you try and like pull some of the traditional that you do like, and then you're going to put the contemporary on top of it. So you're going to pull in like an antique chest, but then you're going to put your modern art above it or your modern lights. So that you're not completely abandoning the architecture and like what the house is. You're acknowledging it, but then you're going to celebrate what you love a little bit more just so it's not, it doesn't have an identity crisis. I think that's the biggest issue mm-hmm. is when I walk into a home, I'm like, whoa, this is not the same house as it is on the outside. I think that feels wrong. Yeah. So like find the things that has in common that, yeah, sti- exactly. in common with it and make that kind of your foundation yeah. and then start to layer in your personal style with it. But at least authentically it's going to connect inside and out. Yeah. Cause I'm like, even if you're like English traditional and you have these really traditional rugs that, you know, have a border and medallions and things like that, but it's a Spanish colonial house. Maybe there's some like portions of your frames that are like hand carved that feel Spanish colonial, or maybe there's some like cubism somewhere. You know, I think that there's ways to acknowledge. And so I think it just takes a little bit of research. Yeah. Like what parts of the Spanish history colonial lesson. do you like? Mm-hmm. And then how, how can we bridge it? What color, what common denominators do you see and celebrate those while combining them? Mm-hmm. That? That's a great answer. That yeah. That's great. Awesome. Okay. The next question uh, asks, she says, I have a specific question for Jess. How is your outdoor lighting holding up? I want to put a similar light to your Morris lantern in my entryway outside, but I am slightly worried about durability. Has it held up? Any issues with birds, broken glass? And that was from Mandy Voison. Mandy, great question. Thanks for noticing that I pulled a, a, a rank. I went ahead and put an interior fixture on my covered porch. I just wasn't excited or happy about anything that I had seen. They were always like big lanterns or something like that. And Mm -hmm. it just wasn't really floating my boat. So at the end of the day, I thought, well, I do sell lighting. And if this didn't go well, I should probably try it on myself first. 
And if it doesn't work, I can always get a new light five years down the road, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? So I bought myself the Morris Lantern, like she said. It's a Suzanne Castler light from Visual Comfort. And you can get it with clear glass or frosted glass. I did frosted because I knew that bottom panel was going to be covered in bugs. You know how you look up and I was like, I don't clearly want to see the bugs. I just want to know that there's black happening up there Mm. and it's dead bugs, right? It's something, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll get up there. We'll vacuum it once a year, but... So I did the frosted version of it. I also did, it's a gilded version, um, which is, you know, gold. Um, It looks brand new. Really? Yes. That's fantastic. Yes, it looks great. It's not rated for damp proof or weather proof. So I cannot speak to you about whether or not this is okay to do from your fire liability standpoint who are the fire people that made us the fire marshal yes i can't tell you that that it's okay to do it but i will tell you it looks amazing i do have a covered porch so it sits up in an eve the it is windy where i live it's not been a problem this thing is hung with chains just the normal chains that come with it from visual comfort it's a chain it's not a rod Mm-hmm. Really? Just, yeah. And so it sways, it sways yeah. okay. which is nice with the weather. I think if it was a rod, it probably could have broken by now. Mm-hmm. And it looks brand new. Okay. Yeah. Like the glass has been perfect. I haven't ever replaced a panel. Nothing's broken. The frosted has hidden everything really well. And the gilding on it is stunning today. And I've noticed a little trend in my neighborhood where I've seen more indoor fixtures on covered porches. You're an influencer. Theirs look great yeah. too. Oh, uh, so I would say... I would do it again. As long as it's covered, right? Yes. Because you're, you are east north, facing. North facing. East, northeast facing? My, the back of my house is west facing. So yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm east facing. Yeah. So you just get like a little bit of morning sun. It's not like getting yeah. baked in the evening Mm-mm. or something like that. So. No. Yeah. It definitely depends on the direction of your house. But so far, the quality of the visual comfort interior light the morris pendant has been amazing and i actually really loved it i knew that because i had an eve so that meant the shape of my um, covered porch was a triangle that i had to do something that was either round something that would look good inside of a a pitch you know what i mean so that morris pendant is is this you know octagonal shaped thing which looks really good inside of a triangle which is why i really liked the play on that sort of octagonal polyhedron shape sitting up in there and I still would choose it today. I really love it. I say, I say, go for it, Aubrey, get crazy, get crazy. Yeah. Dice. I like it. The next question is from Carly uh, Mutant. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Mm -hmm. Uh, She asks, what advice do you have for designers like myself who did not find their passion for interiors until after college? I have a husband, daughter, and a full-time job as a kitchen and bathroom designer. So traditional schooling feels basically impossible. Mm-hmm. Jess, I know you studied graphic design. So did I. What avenues mm-hmm. did you take to mm-hmm. learn the ins and outs of interior design, especially the technical skills? I have a good grasp on design as a whole, but I feel like I am just skimming the surface. Mm, that's a really good question. I think... Carly, you have a really good understanding of design and how design works. Obviously, if you're designing kitchens and baths, those are the most technical spaces. So I think you have a lot of what you need to know. And a lot of it we know is just doing your 10,000 hours until you become an expert. But I would say if I were you, I would couple myself with somebody that's extraordinary at what they do because high tide raises all boats. And um, Carly, you might be the piece that isn't the um, technical piece. Um, That's me. Uh, But maybe you're the taste level piece or maybe you're the common sense piece. Um, There's so much room within a firm where you can have your junior designers or designers being the technicians and then you could be up above them, you know, helping them make the visual, um, 
decisions for taste level and look and layout and just really inform your taste. I studied all of the great books that I could get my hands on, still do, just continue to collect libraries. I'm studying beautiful images all the time and brands and going to market and just really informing, um, you know, my taste, what's available in the market. I feel like our resources are hugely important to being a great designer is like, Who's the best paper hanger? Who's the best drape, drapery workshop? What are the best draperies? What's my favorite pleat um, of drape on on each on on projects? Or yeah. you know, just really informing yourself and your resources on what's available and how to get it. Being resourceful mm-hmm. and um, and like sticking to it. I feel like one of the things that designers don't always do is finish their work. Is what Sue and I keep finding is that yeah. people always say to us, "Oh yeah, I tried working with a designer once, but she just never finished." So becoming a finisher, I think is really important and, and doing it so well that you want to photograph that work and celebrate it and get it published and mm-hmm. just seeing things through all the way to the end of the row will already make you 90% better than everybody else in your field. Yep. Uh, that's really. probably dramatic, but I really do feel like it's just like having the stick to mm-hmm. to grind it out. You're going to have hard conversations with, with clients and staying in it, no matter how hard it gets, there's so much room, even if you aren't a technician, that there's still a ton ton of room in design. Yeah. I don't know. What else would you add? No, no, I was just saying, surround yourself with like brilliant people and be curious. Yes. I think like ask a lot of questions, um, to, Mm -hmm. again, if you have a draftsman, make sure that you guys like they're getting what you're putting down and make sure that your client knows that you have their best that you're their representative for all these other people that are also putting this project together, mm-hmm. you know, just like figure out your assets, you know, like if you're good at this one thing, be awesome at that mm-hmm. and keep getting better at that. And then just kind of like get all the other tools in your tool belt ready to go and go to town. Yeah. Yeah. And just always be curious. I love what you said about being a finisher mm-hmm. um, because again, there will be hard conversations, but at the end of the day, when the client has a beautiful home that is finished, that is styled, that feels like them, they can't look back at it and say like, this wasn't a great experience, Yeah, you know, or want to refer you. It would, it would have been way worse if, if the designer bounced at the hard, the yeah. hard knock and then like that's, and then you're back at square one, but mm-hmm. if you can finish it, f- photograph it and then have it, you know, to mm-hmm. stare at when times get hard again. Yeah. do you think like when I 100%. look back at work, I'm just like, okay, that was hard, but like mm-hmm. we got it. Yeah. We nailed it. So yeah. Yeah. Really good. And I would say today, um, Suzanne, you probably don't use AutoCAD, but the designers that you're working with on our teams, they're the ones in AutoCAD and you're, yeah. you're more vision for the project and yeah. you're sketching and they need yeah. to see what your vision is so then they can go in and technically create it. Yeah. But I think somebody has to have a vision of it before you get started working in CAD. Otherwise, you're just going to be doing a lot of CAD work without knowing where you're going. So, um, and then redoing that CAD work probably. Yeah. Yeah. And and nobody's going to appreciate that. Right. Especially the clients paying for those hours. So, um, Carly, I'd say, yeah, back to what Sue said, figure out what piece that you're great at and become extraordinary at it. And whatever you do finish. Yeah. Awesome. Next. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. 
They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. The next question is asked by Kara Burling. Um, she says, my family recently relocated from Cincinnati, Ohio to Nashville, Tennessee. We um, absolutely love Nashville, mm, but house hunting. Duck. Yeah, I know. Right. But house hunting was basically me mourning the loss of our 1895 Victorian. We sold back in Cincinnati. Nashville just does not have the same historic architecture that Cincinnati does. After looking at over 30 homes in Nashville, in the Nashville area, we landed on a 1994 large home with an outdoor Poor, uh, maybe that's porch pool. I bet that's pool. Pool, yeah. Um, While we are thrilled with the space and storage of this home, it is lacking in charm. My question to you is, how do I (laughs) D90s our Nashville home, great term by the way, uh, without taking away its positives? I need help leaning in. So to say this 90s aesthetic, Mm. thanks. Great question. I wish okay. I could see the home. I know. I'm like, that'd be easier um, to answer this. But. but I think you can definitely like, I always, my analogy is always this because I grew up with six kids in my family. And so my mom would mm-hmm. get a loaf of French bread, cut it in half, make one huge sandwich, and then cut that thing into pieces and give it all to us. It's economical. Yes. And then we would all get our sandwich and then we would open it up and we would pick off all the things that we didn't like. For me, it was pickles. And so to you, Kara, I want to say we can pick the pickles off this yeah. 90s aesthetic <laughs> and we can That's make great. it your own. Yeah. Um, Um, And I think for you, I would really study homes that have similarities to yours. And I am trying to remember, I, I graduated high school in 93. So this house is like, I'm a freshman in college, right? But I'm trying to remember what were the houses like back in the nineties. I'm picturing like pink brick coins on the edges of homes, maybe Mm -hmm. arch doorways, which arch doorways are a thing again. Yeah, um, maybe it's probably not a true arch. It's probably just like a broken arch that's straight. Yeah, like that's a, true. Yeah, yeah. but I think there's yeah. things that are happening right now that could be celebrated in the home, and it's really easy to pull off bad trim, right? Yeah. And do lighting fixtures, plumbing that's fixtures, the, yes. the lighting, is the cosmetics, shiny. Yeah, you know, totally. Probably did. Yeah, yeah. You could figure out like what if you wanted to take down walls in my mind, the nineties might've still been broken up walls. I don't know if you want a ground or floor plan. You could look at that, but just cosmetically, there's so much you can do without even messing with the architecture of the home and just picking off the pickles and, you know, know that you might want to get new cabinetry. Um, Cabinets did not go to the ceiling back then. They just kind of hung like an eyebrow around the room and backsplashes were tiled with big grout joints. I feel like, yes, Um, you might have linoleum counter stuff. Like people didn't do slabs back then. There wasn't even granite Mm -hmm. as much. So 
And you're probably just, like medium oak, like yeah, orangey probably, medium oak yeah. was a thing. So I think it was called oak oak. Honey, honey, honey oak. oak. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, appliances were probably, I don't even know if they're stainless steel. They might've they still might have still been a color. White. white, but yeah. you're right. White yes. And I'm there's probably, there's probably a microwave above your stove. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many things you can do with that, right? I'm so excited for you. New cabinetry, yeah. take it to the ceiling. Um, you're going to do a range hood this time. You're going to get new appliances. Mm. You're pulling off all your base in case you're getting rid of that carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might be getting rid of those wood floors, or maybe you're just you're taking the oak floors, floors and staining them super dark mm-hmm. or medium dark. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously easy to go darker. You could retexture the walls. You might have a real serious wall texture situation going on. An orange peel situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like big time orange peel. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ordering popcorn. You might have a bathroom (laughs) that's been sponge painted with like mint green and peach. I don't know. Um, so yeah, <laughs> people were crafty yeah, in the nineties. Really yeah. They took things into their own hands and they usually oh, had a sponge like, in one hand. Paper this. I could be a paper hanger. Absolutely. And I'm a sponge oh, you betcha. The yeah. draperies I were, I bet there's some borders. The draperies I was just gonna say were that. as big as For the sure. hair, the bishop sure. sleeves and the swags. Get rid of all of Empire. those. Yep. Just pull all the pickles off and then yeah. you can just clear your head and then you can start to really I dream. Know, I was about to say, I'm like, I, my house isn't from the nineties, but. Like once I painted and I took all the pickles off, took like redid all my flooring mm-hmm. and like you guys, we painted our subfloor, like just mm-hmm. like get everything out of the way yeah, and just try and like realize what the space could be. Mm-hmm. It was very clearing yeah, because it was terrible before. So there was a lot of pickles. It was mm-hmm. onions, there was anchovies, like there was mm-hmm. all sorts of mess in there. Yeah. But yeah, but there's How many dumpsters can, did you fill up? Oh gosh, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. Yeah, they so just many. came and you just yep, filled them. Just filled them and filled yeah. them and filled them. Yeah. The first yeah. thing I like walked in there and I tore down all the window treatments. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's windows. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Carpet and paint. Carpet and paint. Those two things, it's man, huge. that's, you're halfway to a brand new house. It is. And, and like, if you have great art, throw that up on your wall and mm. pray that you have some good rugs that kind of like cover that'll, up your That'll floor. start to feel more like you already. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And you can take it in phases like Sue, you can do the emergency remodel where you just, whatever needs your attention is how, is what you're going to tackle next. Or you can go after whatever is like, maybe you're, maybe you're a cook and you're like, I got to get this kitchen right before I can think straight. And once we're eating well and living well, I can start to branch out from the nucleus of the home. You can figure out how you want to tackle it. Um, But it sounds like just. What's the most offensive? Reducing. Yeah. Yeah. And then go from there. Uh-huh. What about the exterior? Like, let's say the pink brick. We got the '90s oh, big brick. Do you know what's brick? funny? I find that in some remodels that don't have these incredible budgets, sometimes just don't get to the exterior. House of Kennedy never touched her exterior. You haven't touched your exterior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's. I feel like the exterior sometimes, depending on the neighborhood you live in and yeah. what's important to you, yeah. the exterior might not be addressed for a minute, right? Yeah. Maybe the landscaping is like trying to get things up to snuff and get trees growing and that sort of thing. You've been working on landscaping. You've been yeah. in for three, three years yeah. and now landscaping starting to come online for yeah. you. But yeah. the first thing, putting your oxygen mask on was like, I've got to minimize what the last decorator did and I've got to start to fill myself in here so I can get my, my art on my walls. Right. Yep. For you, you neutralized, you painted everything steam Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. 
And then including the subfloors, you painted steam. Yep. We got new carpet in all the bedrooms Mm -hmm. and just new railings. Like anything that was unsafe. You're 1990. So you're probably not unsafe. Like there were some unsafe things. So they were cowboys. They were cowboys. But Sue has babies though. So safe is a different thing for babies, right? Because they might put something in their mouth or something where maybe you're you know, maybe your teenager isn't going to put your thing in your mouth, but I no. agree. Safety is important. Yeah. And then just like lighting. I think like the lighting, like the pieces mm-hmm. that I have even just like taken down mm-hmm. and like until you can afford to get the light, leave the exposed bulb. It's better than the bad light they had on. Mm. That's what I will say. Um, yeah. And then like, as I replace the lighting, it's starting to feel more and more like me. Mm-hmm. So. I'll say too, I feel like you tackled the bedrooms in a really big way. Yeah. You gave the kids each a real identity. You went all in, you went a full color, like mm-hmm. you went all yeah. in design on the kids room where I feel like a lot of times people do the kids rooms last. Probably. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. you, like that was part of your first initiative. It was probably, I was nesting too. Cause I was pregnant with my second and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to make a nursery if we're going to like do this. And so mm-hmm. we did it. Yeah. And then like, but I'm glad I did, mm-hmm. you know, it's never... Yeah. Yeah. Because then the bedrooms are done. We neutralized the, all the public spaces and we just threw our stuff in there and just, yeah, tackled a little bit at the time. Yep. Yeah. That's great. But the bathrooms are probably offensive mm-hmm. in your 1990s. So like whether you do them all at one fell swoop, if you have a tile person in there, you have plumbing in there and you do them all at the same time, make them yours. Or if you're emergency room model, just do it one at a time. And that'll even still, you'll be in creation. You'll be making it better every day, which I think is really Mm-hmm. powerful and I think it's good for the soul yeah. also, have something to work on you'll learn a lot from the first one so when you, you go do. to do it a second time you you're do. gonna do it better totally you know? you're gonna know it's important to you like for instance if you don't entertain a lot and you know people aren't coming over and you're not so concerned about your living room or those front facing rooms mm-hmm. maybe you're like I just want to make my own situation better so that I can feel good about it and you're gonna tackle your primary suite and you're gonna get your closet the way you like it in your bedroom and whatnot mm-hmm you get to decide what order that you do it in based on what is going to feel most um, important to your core being. Um, And so, you know, get to that. A lot of people put the money in their main living spaces and then they eventually, you know, will get to those, those private spaces that people won't see, but I say do it in whatever order. Suze was pregnant. She had to make a nursery. You wanted Nolan to feel at home in his new house. You really went big on making these kids' rooms just absolutely adorable and tell their story. And it's so cute. And you you bought great furniture. Yes. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you have good furniture, it can like forgive a lot of sins Mm -hmm. on the walls (laughs) and like on the bones. I will say that. Yeah. Yep. Have good pieces that feel like you. That's good. Okay. Good luck, Kara. Yes. Okay. Next question They didn't leave a name, so it's um, anonymous, Uh, but they ask, I would love to hear either an episode or a small portion of the episode dedicated to front porch styling through the seasons. Mm -hmm. I'm a young first time homeowner and located in Utah, so I have all four seasons. Uh, I love the idea of getting spring blossoms, Mm -hmm. bright summer flowers and mums for fall. But how do you do that? Do you just fork out a ton of money each year to replace the plants in pots every few months? Use faux plants in pots? Do you leave any outdoor uh, furniture out on your porch in the winter? I feel like I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to plant care and front porch decorating and would appreciate all the advice. Thank you. Mm, great question. That is a great question. We do have four dominant seasons. Um, I have 
the same planters on my porch. And um, I had an um, expert from Northland Design come and we did my mm-hmm. my porch pots together this year. Porch pot planting. Yeah. And we started, they always say um, after Mother's Day, you're safe to do flowers because we shouldn't have another freeze. So yeah. that's like, you know, in May. So we got, we got, um, we went to the nursery. He helped me select the plants that were going to survive for, you know, where I live for the um, uh, season, but also, you know, the elevation, me being an east elevation, what would work great for that? How much sun are they getting? Is it full sun? So kind of understanding that and you go through with a card and you just kind of design like, what's going to look good together. And I asked him how, how long is this going to last? Cause I was, I was just like you where I was thinking, do I need to do this this springish coming into summer? Am I going to have to do something for hot Mm -hmm. summer, bright summer flowers? And he said, no, these are going to last until frost until it freezes. So really I'm still watering these every day. What did you get? Um, do you I, remember? I don't know the names okay. of the things, okay. but they're doing so great. Take my plants we out did, to your house. Um, we did like <laughs> junipers that were kind of in a topiary shape. One's just a big ball. Mm-hmm. The other one's a cone. Yeah. Um, and then the other yeah. one's just kind of a cool looking Kelly Wurstler shrub. And they're just like in beautiful kind of white pots or terracotta pots, awesome. big pots. I think scale is really important. When I yeah, go up to people's great. porches and everything's small, there's this planter that I want to just I hate it so much. It's a cylinder and it sits inside of, it sits up on stilts on these chopstick looking. And it's so nervous looking. I'm like, the wind's going to blow it over. (laughs) Everything's going to crash and die. Like, why do people buy this pot? Also, it's too small. I'm like, it should be an indoor thing. It's like eight inches around. Yeah. Eight inches around is not okay unless it's in a cluster with things that are like, 18 inches. And so go big. And then you could get a year round shrub. Forever I had something called a U that was in the two big ones. And the U looks great year round. And all we could, we could do new underplantings if you wanted to, or you could put moss. And that was me. I'm like, I don't want a ton of flowery nonsense. I just want a couple strong statement things that are going to look good year round. That's evergreen. So that's what my big ones are. My little ones that we did this year with Brock, um, we did do an assortment of flowers of things that I liked um, but it wasn't flowery. Everything is just like big leaves and mm-hmm. it just continues to like spill over and get bigger and it's just textures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to worry about flowers dying because I wanted pretty low maintenance. All I have to do is just remember to water it mm-hmm. and it just gets bigger and bigger. So I would say get yourself a shrub that looks good yeah. year round and um, you're going to just back off on the watering, of course, and just go bigger than you think for those pots. Yeah. You can do the mums. They are going to die. I mean, I'm an east facing elevation and it just mm-hmm. gets hot and then they get crispy and I don't know. Um, it's cute. I would say don't do it too early. Do it closer to when like the trick or treaters are coming. You're going to have tons of company on your porch. Yeah. You want to get credit for it then. Mm-hmm. Go get your mums like a week before that or something. Um that's one thought on that. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any advice, you guys? I was going to say the planters, I think. And once you buy good planters, you will fork out some money at the beginning. Yeah. But even like watch after season. You yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't know when that, I'm trying to think of like when in Utah they would like an after season sale or something like it. Sun oh. River Gardens. Like we have like all these great nurseries. We have Sun River, we have Highland. Mm-hmm. There's so many great nurseries in Utah and they, and I, I've gotten all my big pots from mm-hmm. those places yeah, historically. And so, but I always like when I'm in there, I always see like big planters and things like in the one corner that are for sale. So you, I think you can find stuff on a good deal, but like go to a place that's like reputable that has large scale. Mm-hmm. And then again, you're just like replanting, you know, a couple times a year. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do at Christmas? Well, um, 
You know, Brock came because we were opening our store in like October, November, and he was like, nothing's going to work. Let's just do these topiaries. He's like, you can put pansies underneath Mm -hmm. and then they're just going to freeze in place. So we did pansies. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I think just having it, you know, be moss. But if you have an evergreen tree in there, it's just, or like a yew, a shrub that's green, it's going to look good. I mean, people have come in before to do the the store and they have Mm -hmm. just bring in a lot of stuff like turkey feathers and all, you know, it's kind of this cornucopia of decor (laughs) underneath. Um, So I don't know. I don't have great advice on, on what to do there. But I think again, if you're just putting in a couple of large evergreen type Mm -hmm. shrub things, it's going to look really beautiful. And then your wreath can do some of the work of the decor for you. As far as outdoor furniture, she talked about that on the porch. Um, I have a covered porch and I do leave, I have a little love seat out there with um, a little outdoor table and, and that sort of thing. I leave that on my front porch cause it's covered. Mm-hmm. My back porch is, or my back deck is not covered and we bring that in and into the garage, the cushions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might just bring the cushions in and leave the frame out um, for, for winter. But yeah, as much as you can bring those things in for winter, if it's not covered, it's going to last years longer. Mm-hmm. We do have really harsh winters and springs are really wet and conditions are pretty crazy and you can ruin, you know, um, you know, I've heard of full resorts that have purchased, you know, residential outdoor furniture and they had to replace it the next year. So it's so expensive. Times outdoor furniture is, is as much money as indoor furniture, and it's, so you oh, really if, yeah, sometimes more, more usually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you do have like an unfinished basement, you could bring it down to, or um, a garage bay that you could put it in, or even just line the back of your garage, and there's still room for your cars. You're just going to want to do that to protect. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say too, like for your fall, you're going to be bringing pumpkins in in yes. addition to your mums. There's like Good other point. things that can like fill the voids. So fall, you're going to have pumpkins, mm-hmm. and even like. We don't have like, a, we have that porch area, mm-hmm. but we usually get the cedar garlands from Costco mm-hmm. and we drape like the opening. So even though there's cute. not, you know, and that's something that can like be in the cold, mm-hmm. like during the Christmas season, that's really happy so and then cute. around your lights, you put little reeds. So there's other things aside from like planters that are just going to die in the winter. Yeah. That you're going to put up. Take those like little take... planters and put them in the garage and put pumpkins yeah. in their place. Yeah. Keep the, keep the evergreen ones and then layer in the pumpkins or the holiday yeah play up, you know, the other things, the, exactly. the railings that you have, the front door, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you can put ornaments or white lights on your green things, your green yeah, evergreens. Really charming. Yeah, it's totally. Sparkle. But it doesn't have to be the same formula for no. every holiday. It's not pots and you're putting something in the pots every time. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yep. Great. Oh, How that getting me, that? In, getting me into the season. Yes. Okay. This is the next one's our last one. And it's from Rachel C. Mm -hmm. She asks, we are moving and slowly renovating a 1970s home and I'm stuck (laughs) on a formal living room. Mm -hmm. It's a skinny rectangle with doorways on Mm -hmm. every wall and a fireplace in one corner. um, We want to use the fireplace often. Should the furniture and rug run parallel to the fireplace or the walls? If parallel to the fireplace, what do you think the awkward corner of the rug sticking out. Love everything you do and your opinion would mean the world to me. Aww. Rachel C, I have like, I have some words because <laughs> I'm in the 1970s. So I like understand some of like the little complexities. Really cool that you have like doors and windows like on all your walls, except for this corner fireplace. Kind of, that reminds me of you. I feel, yeah. You don't really have just like no. a lot of just walls. You have openings. Yeah. Yeah. I have like more openings and 
everything. But like, I would still keep things on the rectangle only because like my sister had a corner fireplace yeah, and we like went the rounds trying to figure out what was, what is the best way to rectify the mm-hmm. sin in the corner? You know, I'm like, do we tear it out? Like, what do we do? Where do we put the TV? How do we arrange the furniture? And it wasn't until like I, we redid the fireplace and made a beautiful like cast mantle on this corner just to like make it feel celebrated for a while, Rachel, we, I completely abandoned it. And I was just like, let's just like not look at it. Pretend it's not there. Let's like create point, it, point create a diversion. Create a diversion. So re, I guess like where your corner fireplace, if you have a great view one way or the other, that's where I would orient my furniture towards that. And then do something beautiful on the mantle, but it doesn't have to be the thing that you're looking towards in the corner. But I think I would still square it off in a rectangle room because then you're going to add non-directional items. You're going to have a big round table you know, on the sides of your sofa and you're going to do other things to soften this really angular space with some rounds in there. And like the fireplace is going to be doing something beautiful over there. If it's like an ugly fireplace, do something beautiful on top, get sconces, do something. Don't until put a TV can, above it. Do not put a TV above it. Cause then yeah. that'll force your eye to look at that corner fireplace every time. Mm-hmm. But put like, we did a round mirror over my sister's mm-hmm. And then I just put a console that was to the left of the corner fireplace. And we just had the TV sitting on its stand floating in front of the window with draperies. It was that great global view. Yes. yes. And it was beautiful. Yeah, so and, pretty. and it just kind of like the fireplace was there, but it wasn't taking up all my headspace. Yeah. And the TV was there, but it wasn't also taking up my headspace because you had the windows behind it with draperies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I would do. Hopefully that was like visually verbalized enough. Would you ever consider like yeah. using that? Like if this is the rectangle, mm-hmm. this let's say the corner fireplace is in this corner. It's like, let's, you know, sofa and, you know, cocktail table and all that TV this way. And then just treat that little space as its own little, like. Like a little beauty and the beast. Yeah. Like a pair of chairs. Yeah. A pair yeah. of chairs. Depending on the size of the room. Yeah. As long yeah. as you had like a sofa table or something that you can like really like designate this is our sofa viewing area and it's like not part of the fireplace moment mm-hmm. at all if it's that long then yeah you could break it up um so it just kind of depends on like how much space do you have like you you could make a little seating area just by the corner fireplace like a grouping and a half yeah that yeah. could be sweet but um yeah I don't know the room, <laughs> cool. but totally. yeah. Hope that helps I'm Rachel. I'm excited for you too. No, there's something really groovy about the seventies. Uh, uh, I'm like yeah. into it. <laughs> and you guys have all heard me say this a million times before, but um, I have a friend that was trained. He's an architect that's classically trained in England. And he said they do everything they can in classical architecture to avoid irregular, irregular things yeah. like the corner fireplace. Um, there's something about, I don't know if it was the eighties or the nineties, but they started throwing everything on angles and the, you'd come into mm-hmm. kitchens and the, the kitchen Island would be on a diagonal and they started throwing all these weird angles in, and it's really offsetting to our personal coming into a space and trying to get our bearings when things are running off on diagonal. So he said they would hide irregular architecture within closets or anything else. So when people throw these 45 degree angles into a room, it's not something classical and we never want to draw attention to them because it's never going to feel balanced or square in our minds, our human bodies, our wayfinding coming into the room. So if any of you have your regular architecture in your home, I would say draw the eye away from it. Don't celebrate it. Keep things on the square and arrange your room that way. And I think it's going to feel more grounded 
and it's going to be, um, I just think a more beautiful space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we are in a, in a time where we do have a lot of these curves happening Yes, in furniture where like, even though your rug has, you know, straight angles and stuff, mm-hmm. adding some of those curves to some of these like angles that are like yeah. off putting, I think is a really, it's a huge bonus for you right now. Mm-hmm. And I think like the eye likes that too. Yeah. Like it's not a weird angle at a sharp edge. Mm-hmm. It is a curve that's kind of softening the weird edges mm-hmm. that you inherited. So yeah, that's a really yeah. great point. You can do that with furniture Yeah, to kind of not ignore it completely, but take it and, and curve it. But even like the round mirror above that corner fireplace, mm-hmm. like helped a ton. It, yeah. Helped a ton. So Great advice. Good. Well, you guys, I hope this has been helpful. Feel free to send more questions to dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. And we would love to um, be able to help you guys out. Um, Pro tip. I just want to say if any of you guys are listening up in Canada, we now have shipping to Canada. It's brand new. We're really excited about it. So we can get you your Alice Lane up there. So make sure and check out the website. Just go on tour up there. That'll be yeah. really fun. Our neighbors right. to the north. Yes. Our neighbors yes. to the north. Definitely. Yep. Thanks again, guys. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 